Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Welcome to the Girl CEO Podcast, the playground for female entrepreneurs. My name is Ronnie Brown, and I'm the author of Amazon's best-selling book, From Mopping Floors to Making Millions, and was once a teen mom turned millionaire business mentor. I created my Girl CEO community for women like you. Girl CEO, you are a trailblazer, a creative, an innovator, a boss, and a woman who knows that she deserves more. Join me each week while we uncover what it truly takes to be your own boss and become a successful girl CEO. And don't worry, sis, I got you. Hello, girl CEOs. Welcome to Girl CEO Radio, the playground for female entrepreneurs. Guys, today's story is definitely a different type of story. We have tons of women that come on this show and they talk about business. They talk about making money and they talk about a ton of different things. Today, this is a story that will just make your heart just wrench. And I love this person, Jamila Davis. I'm so happy to have you on here because I feel like we're going to open the eyes of so many of the women, the eyes and the ears of the women who are listening to this podcast. They're going to get this message. So first and foremost, thank you so much, Jamila, for tuning in. Go ahead and introduce yourself. <laughs> right. Yes, Ronnie, because Ronnie's one of my faves too. Thank <laughs> you so much for having me. My name is Jamila T. Davis. I am an author. I'm a motivational speaker. I'm an activist and I'm a television personality now. In 2008, I was sentenced to serve 12 and a half years in federal prison. And that's kind of like where my life dived and took a twist. Before that, I was a real estate broker. I was a real estate investor, multimillionaire by the age of 25. And on July 16th of 2008, I was sentenced to 12 and a half years in federal prison. And I thought my life would be over. So I did a decade behind bars. And I made up in my mind at that particular point that I was going to do the right thing, live my life on purpose. Since then, I hit the ground running. And I've been in the street doing a lot of community empowerment work, a lot of work with our teens, a lot of work with women, children, communities. And, you know, my life purpose now is just to live and let people know, like, despite what you go through, despite the mistakes that you make, you could dust yourself off and get back up again. Yeah. One thing I love about your story is really how authentic you are with your journey. And you don't allow shame to live in your heart in any shape, form, or fashion. You're very open and very transparent about the things that you went through. So let's talk a little bit about this. You went to prison. You served 12 years in prison, Jamila. And one of the things that I remember you talking about is the difference in the time that African-American women do in prison versus other races. Right now, we are going through a season of, I think the world is being just put on the spotlight for all of the injustice that is happening to people of color. And we are watching innocent Black men getting kneeled on and killed and just dying at the hands of police officers. We are watching Black women getting their doors kicked in and getting shot eight times 
only to find out that they went into the wrong home without a a no-knock warrant. And we are just at a very different place right now. And I think for me, just watching what's going on, it's hurtful. Yes. It's scary. It has been very heavy on me as a Black woman to watch what's going on. And I hope and pray that with all of the protesting, and I think now we are seeing so many corporate companies come out and apologize and try to save face and put these public statements out that I think that the most important thing that's happening is that people are trying to save the dollar, the economic dollar, because African-Americans are some of the biggest spenders. But my biggest concern is will the actions happen that need to happen to give us the equality and the justice that we deserve. So let's talk a little bit about you doing the 12 years, some of the mm-hmm. things that you personally experienced, the injustice, yeah. and really getting out of prison and trying to take your life back. Well, I'm, I'm glad you asked me about that. For me, my sentence was kind of crazy. So I was sentenced to serve 12 and a half years in federal prison. Out of that 12 and a half years, I ended up doing nine and I got out on basically good time, right? For me, in my case, the white male mortgage broker, right? And the white male lawyer who had the licenses to get the money through. And they was the one that pretty much instructed me on what to do because without their licensing and them standing in a position of authority, I wouldn't even have been able to get the loans through. And guess what? Both of them got two year sentences each while I got a 12 and a half year sentence. And at that moment, I knew justice was not equal in America. And it hurt me so bad because, you know, I went to, you know, a diverse schools. I grew up in New York City. So you don't really want to think about racism like that. You don't really want to think that a judge would devalue your life and value someone else's more because he could identify with them, but he couldn't identify with you or that you would be actually identified as a number. So by the way, for a decade, I was identified as number 59253-053. And that's how they treated me. And that's how I was thought of as a simple number in the system. And that happens each and every day. And that's basically what happened when you saw that cop on George Floyd's neck. He was not a person. He wasn't a human. When he screamed out, I can't breathe. It didn't matter because he was just to him an inmate or somebody that he felt was an offender or someone he felt should be treated poorly. So I understand firsthand injustice in our society. And that's why I stand on the front line and use my mouth as loud as I can, because I wish when I was going through what I was going through, I would have had someone to speak up. For sure. And I think it's just really important that right now uh, we all have platforms. We, some of you all that are listening, you're on social media. Some of you are on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook and Girl CEOs, we want to encourage you to use your voice to stand against injustice and racism. If you are black, white, green, blue, or yellow, we want to encourage you to use your voice. If you stand against racism and if you stand against injustice, spread the knowledge, spread what is going on and bring light to the injustice that you are seeing so that people know that you do not condone it and that you do not support it. So one thing I love about your story, Jamila, is despite the injustice that you experienced and going to prison and doing those 12 years, 
and really having time to just sit down and get still, you decided that you were not going to waste your time and just let the years pass by. Let's talk about your mindset because I know that time alone just really puts you in a different space. And I feel like it's one of the healthiest things to just get that time. I don't think we need to get it in those types of environments, but I know that you have a choice whether you're going to do something good with your time and you're going to be productive with it, or you're just going to let time pass you by. But you, you went in a different direction. And let's talk about all of the things that you took advantage of while you were serving your time. Well, for me, I'm going to just be honest with you. When the judge banged the gavel and said 12 and a half years, I didn't think I could make it. So I just wanted to die. I closed my eyes and I said a prayer and I just said, God, please, I can't do this. Please take me. And I wanted him to take me. And and for the first couple of months, I lived in that mindset, okay, you know, he'll take me or this is going to be whatever. But when I realized that it wasn't going to be that simple, I couldn't just, you know, snap my fingers and get out of it. I couldn't just close my eyes and ask God to take me, you know, and I couldn't see myself actually committing suicide. So I had to bear with it. I had to really, 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 really take a look at my life and the things that I was worshiping and serving. And I had to really face my demon and take accountability for what I was doing wrong out in the world. Let me just explain this to you. I want to break this down to you, Ronnie, because I feel like this is going to help someone. I was a young girl who always wanted a boyfriend, right? Because I saw the older girls and the fly chicks in the hood with the fly boyfriends and they was doing their thing, right? So at the end of the day, I finally got with a person who I thought was going to be the person I was with my entire life. And that person ended up cheating on me. Mm. For a 16-year-old who he said got their own money and she was a baker, right? So that devastated. I was a young girl who got involved in an adult relationship before I should have. And I trusted this particular man and this particular man basically betrayed me. And with that hurt that I felt that was so excruciating, like nothing that you could ever feel before, right? Or I had ever felt before. I didn't know what to do. And the only thing I could do is hear him say, because she got her own money. And so I said, okay, you know what? He messed with her because she got her own money. So I got to go get my own money too. And if I do that, no one will ever leave me again. So I became infatuated with money and things, right? I went and got a full-time job at high school. From there, I ended up just, you know, seeking after materialistic things. I noticed the more jewelry I had, more people were attracted to me. I first got my whips and my cars and that attracted more people and did my design and, you know, clothes. So I started idolizing things and I never even realized it, but I began to worship these things because these things brought in that false self-esteem that I needed inside, right? Because I didn't have it from anyone else. You know, I, I got it from those outside things. And girl, that's what broke me down. So going back to the prison, when I was able to identify the very place where the problem happened, And when I was taken away from all the expensive weaves and all the fancy jewelry and the cars, and I was left with this prison uniform and my real hair and my real image with no makeup or anything, and I had to look this image that I saw in the mirror, and I had to begin to love on her. I had to begin to nurture her. I had to go back to that place of being that 14-year-old girl and love on that image that lacked so much love. So through that, it's like you said, Ronnie, the mindset shift occurred because I was able to realize what mattered 
and what really didn't matter. So I started focusing on God. I started focusing on purpose. I started focusing on those gifts and talents that God gave me to perform and use on this earth. And that's how I started writing. So with a pen and a pad in my hand behind bars, I became the author of over a dozen books. And with the help of my mother, I started a publishing company from behind bars where we started publishing the books of several inmates that were housed with me. So telling their stories. I also began to co-found a nonprofit organization to create awareness about the lengthy sentences of women in federal prison. And I also got several degrees. I went back to school and in the world, you couldn't tell me I was a multimillionaire. I didn't think I needed school, but I finally took the time to do something that my mother wanted me to do. And I also found it to be very gratifying. So I got my associates, my bachelor's, my master's, and I'm currently working on my PhD. Wow. Wow. That is a story that just shows the level of dedication that you have. Let's talk a little bit about that, Jamila, because, you know, one of the things that really stood out to me is that you started a publishing company. You and your mom started Mm -hmm. a publishing company while you were in prison to tell the stories of women who were currently in prison. How did that even come about? Well, to be honest with you, I was writing before because like my first set of books was self-help books to help incarcerated women heal, recognize their potential and recapture their dreams. But a life changing experience for me behind bars was when I met Miss Lauren Hill. I've never had an encounter to this day, such as the encounter I had with Lauren. I had already been down for about five years at the time. And I was really kind of like heartbroken. I was going through tremendous fights with attorneys and all kinds of stuff. And I met this spirit that spoke life into me and she gave me hope. Mm. She saw what I couldn't see in myself and she saw my future and she spoke it to me and she told me, hold on, sister, push. And she told me, she said, you got to tell these stories. These women need you. Use your platform to tell these stories. So it was her direction that helped me to create the nonprofit organization, Women, Women Over Incarcerated, which she actually named for me. And her hope and her faith actually just inspired me to give it all I got and to do my best, even from behind bars. Wow. And let's just talk about that. What is the likelihood of you getting locked up, doing 12 years, and you know who Lauren Hill is? Like, we've listened to her music. She's been such a powerful woman with this beautiful voice and such deep messages for years. What is the likelihood that the first time you meet Lauren Hill and you build a relationship with her, it would be in prison? It's probably the only way it would have happened, because <laughs> if you know Lauren, she is definitely very, you know, to herself. But we spent day in and day out for the duration of her sentence. So that was a lot of time. That became my sister friend. And she just powered me up, gave me a lot of wisdom about a lot of spiritual things. A lot of things that I wasn't necessarily familiar with. We just exchanged notes on things. Like it just, like I told you, it was a spiritual encounter. It was almost like a midwife coming to give birth, helping to give birth to the baby that's within. And just life changing situation. And I'm just grateful to God. And it's situations like that that let me know my steps are ordered. I'm not of my own. I've been bought with a price and I'm on assignment. So God will move whomever he needs to in my path so that the door will get open. He'll use a dog, a cat, a donkey. Like, it, this is just real. You know what I'm saying? Like, he'll use whatever he got to use to wake you up, get your attention, and put you on his track. 
Wow. And while in prison, you were able to build this relationship with her and you were able to just get the wisdom and the knowledge and have someone pour into you. And then you made a commitment. I remember you saying that you made a commitment that when you got home, you were going to execute every single goal that was on that list. Let's talk about some things because you are the definition of overcoming the odds. You've been able to accomplish so much since you've been home from prison. And the types of things that you have been able to accomplish, many people will probably say, how in the hell is this happening? But I believe that you are on assignment. I believe that this is your call. And I believe that your story is going to impact the lives of so many people. Let's talk about some of the moments, because I believe that we all have these moments where you ever step outside your life. Come on, girl, CLs, you ever step outside your life and you look at your own life? You ever step outside of yourself and look at yourself and say, what is going on? Talk about some of those moments, because I've seen you on television. I've seen you on the news. I've seen you so many places, Jamila. Let's talk, how does it feel to watch these doors open? And let's talk about some of the doors that have opened for you since you've been home. Okay, so let's talk about the first day. So the first day I was able to walk. First of all, y'all, let me just keep it a hundred, right? So you know how like a bride, when you become a little girl, you just envision your wedding day and you put that in your mind a hundred different ways. Anybody that's ever been in prison, what you spend most of your time thinking about is your release date. That's like the wedding, honey. It's like, okay, I can't wait till I get up out of here. So my very first day coming home, Lauren actually sent a camera crew for me. And I won't forget my parents and the the crew drove up in this uh, Sprinter. And they finally, like, they take you out of prison in like a milk truck. So you don't, they got to drive you through the gate in the milk truck. And I got on the other side of the gate. And the first two faces I saw was my son and my daughter, y'all. When I left my babies in the free world, they were nine years old and 11. And when I came home, they were 18 years old and 21. So to just race out there and see them and hug them. And I gave them a hug like it was nobody's business. And I couldn't almost believe it. I kept pinching myself. I kept saying, am I going to wake up and then I'll be back inside? Is this a dream? But when I really realized that it wasn't a dream, I held them. And I made a promise. Then all bets was on because I told God, I said, if you let me up out of here, not only will I spread your word, but I am going to inspire others through my story and through your message. So from then on, it's been on and popping. I I went from that. I had a ton of followers on social media prior to my release. I was very close to Jada Kiss. That's a childhood friend of mine. He used to post pictures of us from behind bars. I also did time with Teresa Dice. So any of her prison pictures, you'll see me in them. So our pictures in prison started going viral. So I had all kinds of celebrities posting, wow. reposting. I woke up one day, Monica Brown posted me out of the clear blue. It was just amazing. And I got a lot of followers from behind bars, from people seeing my story, from celebrities posting. So when I got home, there was an expectation. Like the folks is like, what are you, what are you going to do? So I came up with this saying, and I didn't even mean to come up with it. It's going down. And I didn't even know I was saying it, but I kept telling the folks, da 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 it's going down. So people was like, what? It's going down? So that became my tagline. It was like, it's going down. So I started doing these it's going down videos. I showed people my transition. I showed them my son had like this little broken down Ultima and he was coming to the halfway house to pick me up. And I told, showed the people the car and said, don't worry because it's going down. And 
I mean, we done transformed from wearing crazy clothes, not knowing what the style was, to putting on back my fashions together, getting back in my cars, getting back my business, getting back to helping folks, just living life on purpose. So my followers really connect in a very special way because they watch me. And I wanted to show people it's possible. So I let them into the intimate parts of my life to let them know it's going down. Well, it's definitely going down, Jamelik, because, you know, one of the things I believe is that we need to allow people to see our stories and we need to tell our stories. But we also need to show people the journeys that we are going on and we need to show them the good, the bad, the ugly. Right. And I think that's what makes you so relatable. And that's what attracts people to your energy. How important for all of our girl CEOs who are listening to this, some of them don't even have half of your story, but how important is it for them to show the good, the bad, the ugly in the behind the scenes? How important do you think that is in order for them to be able to connect with their audience? I think it's very important because people want transparency. So let's talk about it, girl CEOs, because I'm also a girl CEO. And I'm one that lost it all and got it all back over again, right? And now even more than what I had in the beginning. So you're going to go through something. Life is created to be a series of obstacles that help you advance. In order to get to the next level, you got to face the next devil, okay? It's just, it goes hand in hand. So acting like everything is always peaches and cream is not necessary because that fight and that struggle, when you stay steadfast, when you stay immovable and you ascend, it's going to make people love you more. So don't hide your wounds. Show them and also show your resilience. Show what you're able to endure and inspire somebody else who's going through because if not, you're going to give people an unrealistic expectation of what life really is. Life is not all about good times, because if it's just constant good times, we're not going to develop character. We're not going to be pushed to get to the highest potential. It takes struggle. It takes pressure. It's the pressure that pushes us up to go higher and higher. So allow it to happen. Just be yourself, be transparent, and always maintain your integrity through whatever you go through. And I feel like that's what's going to make people love you even more. For sure. And you more. For sure. And another thing that I love about you is you came home and it wasn't just about Jamila. I see you in the community, Jamila. I love the fact that you are going into the schools. I love the fact that you have taken your story and you literally just flipped it around and say, hey, everything that the devil was going to use against me for bad, I'm using this for good. And I see you in schools. I see you on Love and Hip Hop. I've seen you on the news. I've seen you on radio shows. Let's talk about that. Did you ever think that the woman who went to prison for 12 years and came home, did you ever think or would people have ever imagined that this story would be opening the doors for you that they are opening today? At first, I was scared to tell my story. I used to hide behind like the mask that people do. I was like, all right, when I get out of prison, I'm going to change my last name so nobody can Google me, blah, blah, blah. What everybody else generally does when they go through a situation. But once I started living it, then, you know, and understanding through the power of visualization. So let's talk about that. We talked about mindset shit. First of all, when you're going through anything, you got to know that you're victorious and that you're coming out of this thing. And a lot of it is our will. Right. So if we believe we can receive, we will receive. It's based on your faith. You're only going to get to places and heights that your faith is willing to take you to. 
So let me tell you what I did. Behind bars, I challenged my faith. And I did that with a pen and a pad. And actually, like sitting here on my desk, this is one of my journals. Actually, hold on. This is also one that I write in every day, guys, right? So with this pen and with this pad, and I'm able to write down what I want to see. What's my dreams and what's my goals? And let me just share something. A lot of y'all are scared to dream. A lot of y'all don't want to dream big because you're afraid that you're going to be disappointed because you're not going to get the thing you want. How about daddy wants us to dream? Daddy wants to surprise us. Daddy wants to amaze us. Daddy wants to give us something that we never even hoped or dreamed or imagined was possible. But it starts with you, right? Would you dare to ask him for what you want? And I do it daily, guys. I pick up my book. And it's not just here because it's pretty. It's here because I need to write some things down. I need to shape this vision because when I shape it up on paper, then it becomes my daily meditation. I look at it. I watch it. I cross it off until it comes to pass. So really, everything you see is intentional. Ronnie, I'm intentional about where I want to go. I'm intentional about the people I want to associate with. I'm intentional about the goals I want to accomplish. And as I'm intentional about that thing, and I like really focus on it, it comes to pass. That's and, the power of visualization. And that's the power of manifestation. Yes. We have to understand how to manifest. And the first step to manifestation is believing. The second step is writing it down. And then the third step is actually taking action. Because that's right. guess what? Many of us sit around and we are visualizing and we are believing, but we are not taking action, right? Mm-hmm. So let's talk a little bit about that. Because you came home, you started your foundation, you took action. How did you go about just breaking the glass ceiling? Because there were going to be people who judge you and say, oh, we can't have her come into these schools. She just did 12 years in prison. You're going to have negative people that don't see that people need to see that you can make a mistake and you can come back and you can change your life and you can transform. And that's exactly what you did. Let's talk about some of the things that you've done in the school okay. system right now. I'm always seeing you with kids. Right. You so Let's much. talk about it. So again, it started with faith, believing and stepping out and telling a story that people don't normally share, right? And then from there, people started calling me and contacting me. One of the first things that happened for me, I got connected with my now sister, Yandy Smith, reality star Yandy Smith. She found me on social media. So when I started telling my story, one day she slid in my DM, like, listen, I love your story and I want to do something with you. And it was a group of us that came home from prison and started there. She started posting. She has a platform with 6 million followers. So other folks started hearing about the story. So it started from there. Then I was contacted shortly after by CBS to be, to have an hour episode on a show called Pink Collar Crimes. So I taped and filmed for CBS that aired the first year I was home from prison. So I was on a major network with a whole hour documentary about myself. Then right after that, I started going into schools. I got a contract with schools. It started with one school, two schools. Now we're in over 26 schools. Then I got a call from BET. They aired an episode, another hour episode of me on BET Trap Queen series. Right after that, with Yandy, I ended up getting a call from Love & Hip Hop. So I started going on there. Then I got another call to be on the radio. And it just, one thing led to another act to another. 
So it's like a product for sale, right? Aren't you glad you didn't change your name? Aren't you glad you didn't change your name? And, yes, and <laughs> But yes, but to the CEOs, once you put your product out there, a lot of times people want to make the product so perfect. Oh, I can't release it yet. I'm not sure. Yo, put it out there. It don't got to be perfect. Just put it out there. Have the faith to put it out there. And once you start putting it out there, you're going to see how many others will be gravitated to what you got. And that's kind of what happened with me. Wow. And the crazy thing that I want you all to really think about while listening to this interview is that her product was simply her story. Mm. Her product was simply the mistakes that she made in life. Her product was overcoming the odds. She didn't even have a physical product, right? The fact I'm, I'm just, with the help of Sister Ronnie, you know, sitting <laughs> together with the physical product. But yes, it's, it's true. When I came home, I didn't have an actual product. It was my story. Then I started selling curriculums. And now, you know, I'm getting into actually putting out new books since I've been home. Yeah. And for every one of you girls, CEOs who are listening to this interview, you may have a story. Some of you all have made, you may have a story that you have not told, a story that you have not shared, a story that you are embarrassed of. And I hope that this interview with Jamila is confirmation to share your story. Now, Jamila, you have another story that's about to be told because you actually have a book that's launching. And I'm really excited to read this book because your approach is just, it's just one of those approaches that it just lights fire under you. If you get around Jamila or you read Jamila's book, anything that Jamila has going on, when she gets around you, if you are feeling down, you're going to be lit by the time you finish having a conversation with her. Jamila, let's talk a little bit about this book. What is the name of this book? Thank you so much for asking. So the book is called Built to Outlast the Storm. And it's 12 points to turning a setback into a major comeback. And, you know, what I realized, Ronnie, is when I was going through my obstacles, there was no manual. There was, I just had to kind of figure it out. And I don't want my sisters and brothers to go through that. So pretty much what I created this book to be inspiration and motivation for anybody that's going through anything and help them actually realize the purpose of obstacles, right? When we realize that obstacles aren't sent to kill us, but they're sent to actually make us stronger and to lead us into our purpose, when we look and use that mindset, when we're going through things, it positions us to come out on top. So this book is all about a mindset book. It's a book to motivate folks going through anything that you could possibly be going through, whether it's death of a loved one, whether it's COVID-19 for some of us who've had to change our whole lives around, whether it be a divorce, whether it be a loss of a friend, whether you're going through whatever hardship that you are encountering, this book will position you to give you the steps that I took to get your mind right, to be able to stay steady and go through the course and come out, but not just come out because we don't want to just strive. We're going to thrive. So this book is going to help you take that setback and turn it into a major comeback. Lemon to lemonade. I love it. So can we get one point? Can we just get one tip? <laughs> one of my favorite is point number 10. My focus is my focus and my focus doesn't change. It's nothing you can do to make my focus rearrange. Affirmations, guys. Sometimes you got to, when you're going through crazy stuff, you want to call a friend, you want to fall out. Nah, sometimes you need to actually hold on to a nugget that will bring you through. And this is just talks about the power of focus, right? The power of not allowing distractions to take you off course. Because how many of you know that the enemy will send some folks or 
send a situation there simply to derail you. So when you're going through that, I got point number 10 for you. You could just hold on and be like, my focus is my focus and my focus doesn't change. There's nothing you could do to make my focus rearrange. So it's those kind of powerful affirmations that get you pumped on up and get you to get on the right track and come out on top. I love it. I love it. And where can we grab this book? So my book is available on June 12th, right? Which is coming up this Friday on Amazon.com. Also, guys, it's on my platform. Can we, pre- can we pre-order right now? Yes, you can pre-order okay. right now. Absolutely. And it's also on my platform. Guys, follow me on Instagram. I'm at Jamila T. Davis. That's J-A-M-I-L-A-T Davis. Also, that's JamilaDavis.com. J-A-M-I-L-A Davis.com. I'm also on Facebook at Author Jamila T. Davis. Check me out, y'all, and get this book. I promise you. I promise you you won't be disappointed. And I know that they will not be disappointed. And mm-hmm. also, Jamila, I know you do a lot of things for the community. If people are listening right now and they want to get involved and they want to give back and they want to support kids, how can they get involved in what you have going I'm on? I'm glad you asked. So my partner is Yandy Smith. Well, she has the organization called Partners Uplifting Our Daughters and Sons. We do a lot of community work through that particular organization. And definitely check us out, eglpud.com. That's eglpud.com. And you'll get to see the work that we're currently doing in the community. Love it. Love it. Thank you so much for tuning in, Jamela. The first day that I met you, I knew that we would connect and I just felt your energy. And I was like, I love her. And something just told me to just pour into you and just to remind you that, man, I think it was your first trip. Yes, that was my first international trip, honey. (laughs) it was your first international trip and your energy was amazing but it's even more amazing just to be in your life right now and to witness everything unfold and i cannot wait to get my copy of the book you don't see it's coming i got the copy coming straight Make sure it's signed. I want to sign. I want mine signed and everything. Yes. But thank you for taking the time out of your busy schedule to even tune in and be here with me today and do this interview. I love you and I want to see you win. Everyone, please go follow Jamila on Instagram at Jamila T. Davis. Be sure to get her book from Amazon. You guys are going to see me post it. I'm putting it up there and go check her out. Thanks for joining me today, thank Jamila. Thank you. Thank you for having me. All right, guys. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com.